0: Um. There we go. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil; my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the Lord will bless the reading of His Word again this morning. Uh, let's just open in prayer. Our Father, we do thank You this morning for Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Good Shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. We also are thankful, Father, for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the great shepherd, who raised from the dead. And we're also thankful, dear Father, for your Son, Lord Jesus, who is the chief shepherd, the one who is coming again. And so we just uh, would ask for your help again, uh, by your Spirit, to understand uh, the beauty of this poem that David wrote so long ago, by inspiration, by revelation of your Holy Spirit. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen so as we said this is a psalm of david david the author of this poem himself a shepherd right uh and the son of a shepherd later to be known as the shepherd king of israel states explicitly here to start off the lord is my shepherd The beautiful relationships given to us repeatedly in Scripture between God and man are those of a father to his children and a shepherd to his sheep. Now the metaphors that David uses here are shepherd and sheep. Obviously, David in this psalm is speaking not as a shepherd, though he was one. But you'll notice here that he is actually speaking as a sheep, one of the flock. It's interesting to note that sheep is the most commonly mentioned animal in the Bible. It's actually used over 400 times. And the word shepherd is actually used over 100 times in Scripture. And so here David characterizes himself as a sheep as a sheep. And who better, right, to know what sheep are like. But even throughout Scripture, right, God Himself characterizes mankind as sheep. In fact, you remember uh, the familiar verse, right, in Isaiah where it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Right? Listen, mankind, right, are like sheep. (laughs) Whether you like it or not. Okay? We are like sheep and so uh go ahead dan you go next what i'd like to do is first in order for us to kind of capture this psalm right i want to look at some characteristics of sheep right how do these characteristics apply to mankind because all through scripture man is characterized as sheep and here in this psalm david himself characterizes himself as a sheep and so the first thing that's important for us to know when it comes to sheep, go ahead, Daniel, is that sheep are dumb. Okay? Can you relate? I can. Right? You will not find sheep acts in the circus because they can't be trained to perform. Okay? Sheep do not learn from their mistakes. But in fact, they repeat them. Does that sound familiar? They tend to wander, go astray. They're actually unable to find their way home to the sheepfold, even when it's within sight. Now that's dumb. Sheep do not just take care of themselves. They actually require more than any other class of livestock, endless attention, and meticulous care. They're dumb. But not only that, go ahead, Daniel. Thank you, sir. They are defenseless. No quills like porcupines. No scent like a skunk. No claws like cats or teeth, teeth like lions. In fact, a sheep's bite is harmless. Okay? Most of them have no horns. They are unable to defend themselves against attacks lambs are especially vulnerable in need of protection so not only are sheep dumb and defenseless but go ahead Daniel I don't know if you know this they drown easily believe it or not okay the wool actually soaks up the water and they sink right to the bottom in fact many of you probably know already that sheep if they get on their backs They cannot right themselves. And they can kick and bleat all they want, but it won't help. So they're dumb. They're defenseless. They drown easily. Go ahead, Daniel. And with them, danger is poorly perceived. They have poorly developed instincts that could actually warn them of potential danger often sheep will actually wander into a briar patch where they get caught and die in fact also sheep are known to fall off a cliff in the rugged palestine hills they'll just walk right off okay? and so they they danger is just it's poorly perceived with them but the last thing uh, that characterizes a sheep though is that they depend totally on their shepherd. Completely. You see, sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need their shepherd's touch daily. Sheep actually rub against his leg or wait for a pat. The shepherd's personal attention is actually better than food for sheep. Satisfied sheep, they eat and get fat. And fulfill their purpose. And it's interesting is that sheep will only answer to a herdsman's call unless they're sick. And so, yes, sheep are dumb. Go ahead, Daniel. But knowing this, the shepherd leads them to still waters and pastures that he's prepared. Yes, sheep are defenseless. Go ahead, Daniel. Right? Right? But knowing this, the shepherd never takes his eyes off his wandering sheep. Yep, sheep are also, uh, they drown easily, right? Go ahead, Daniel. But although they cannot right themselves, right? Their cries can actually alert the shepherd who sets them on their feet again. And although they, you know, uh, cannot perceive danger very well. Go ahead, Daniel. Uh, The shepherd Knowing this, right, he tenderly searches for his sheep and carries them safely on his shoulder, wrapped in his own long cloak. These are some of the characteristics of sheep, right? And they certainly um, relate to mankind, right? And oh, how mankind needs a shepherd. How we, church, we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. And so it's important. Go ahead, Daniel, that we also need to look at some of the characteristics of a shepherd, of a shepherd. And how do those characteristics apply to God himself? Even though David is speaking as a sheep or one of the flock, he speaks with a strong sense of pride, devotion and admiration. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. But who is the Lord? Right? What is his character? Does he have adequate credentials to be my shepherd, my manager, my owner? After all, David knew from firsthand experience that the lot in life of any particular sheep depended on the type of man who owned it. Uh, one of the things I've been reading is I enjoy and I recommend as we're going through this, anybody that doesn't have it already, it's uh, Philip Keller's book. It's A Shepherd's Look. At Psalm 23. Philip Keller was actually a uh, shepherd, and he talks about his experiences as a shepherd as it relates to Psalm 23. But this idea of, you know, David knew firsthand, right, that the lot of a sheep depended completely on who owned it. He shares a story here. Um, He had his own sheep, and he says here, In memory I can still see one of the sheep ranches in our district, which was operated by a tenant sheepman. He ought never to have been allowed to keep sheep. His stock was always thin, weak, and riddled with disease or parasites. Again and again, they would come and stand at the fence, staring blankly through the woven wire at the green, lush pastures which my flock enjoyed. Had they been able to speak, I am sure they would have said, Oh, to be set free from this awful owner. This is a picture which has never left my memory. It is a picture of pathetic people the world over who have not known what it is to belong to the good shepherd, who suffer instead under sin and Satan. So listen, we need a shepherd, and it's important for us to know, what are the characteristics of our shepherd? It depends who your shepherd is, doesn't it? It does. And so here, David, just in this first stanza, this first line, he kind of gives us some great, uh, characteristics of our shepherd our shepherd and so the first thing we learn is go ahead daniel is that our shepherd is personal personal david says the lord is my shepherd jehovah rohi jehovah rohi see david saying he's not just a shepherd or he could have said the shepherd he doesn't even say he is israel's shepherd right but david says he is my shepherd, my personal shepherd. Listen, don't miss this, church. It, that When David says the Lord is my shepherd, this pictures the personal, intimate concern that God has for every aspect of the life of his sheep. In fact, I have in the margin of my Bible, which I'd written a long time ago, it says, it is true that the great shepherd died for all, But only those who actually receive him by a definite act of faith are his sheep. Everything hinges on the pronoun my. Unless he is my shepherd, then the rest of this psalm does not belong to me. And so I think it's so important for us as we do this series, as we begin this week, right? It's important for everyone here to understand that unless Jesus Christ is your shepherd, there's no point in you coming the rest of these weeks. This You can't enjoy the rest of this psalm. The only re- way that Jesus Christ could be your shepherd is if you, by faith, trust in what he did for you. And we're going to look at that in a little while, how Jesus gave himself for us, how he died on that cross to take the penalty for our sin, and how even now he continues to lay himself out for us, as we're going to see in this psalm. But if you don't have a personal relationship with this shepherd, the rest of the psalm doesn't belong to you. It's only for those who could say, The Lord is my shepherd. And so this shepherd, he's a personal shepherd. But not only that, Daniel, go ahead. He is a, yeah, sorry, I forgot to tell you about that. He's my shepherd. Go ahead, Daniel, to the next one. Right? He's powerful. Powerful. And you can hit the next one, Daniel, for me, right? Daniel says, he says, the Lord Jehovah. Right? Anytime you see those capital letters there, Lord, it stands for Jehovah, okay, which is, of course, the covenant name of God. But it stands for this, is that it means that God is self-existent and self-sustaining, right? Um, he is a God who needs nothing, right, and possesses everything that we need. He is the I Am. We've heard that before, right? He is the I Am, right? He is all the sheep will ever need. That's it. Okay? By David saying, the Lord Jehovah is my shepherd, that's what he's saying. He's saying, my shepherd possesses everything. Right? There's nothing that he needs. Right? And David's realized that he is all that I need. That's it. He's all powerful. In fact, it was, though David literally was boasting Aloud, hey, look at who my shepherd is. It's the Lord. Look at who my shepherd is. Lord Jehovah, that's my shepherd. But not only is our shepherd personal, not only is he powerful and all-sufficient, but go ahead, Daniel. I love this, as he's present. In the original there, to better capture what this divine name means here, We could actually literally translate it this way. He who is here. Thus, this first clause literally says this. He who is here is my shepherd. So powerful. He who is here is my shepherd. You see, God is not elsewhere and otherwise engaged in bigger things. Right? This Lord who is here, he is my shepherd. And so you have a shepherd who not only is personal, right, not only is God Jehovah, right, but he is a God who is here right now for you and your life. You don't ever have to worry about if God has other things to do right now where he can't be concerned with the little things of your life. He who is here is my shepherd. You know, our view of Jehovah is often too small too cramped, or too human. And because of this, we are unwilling to allow him to have authority or control, much less outright ownership of our lives. You know, when Daniel says, the Lord is my shepherd, again, David is characterizing himself as a sheep. In other words, he's the property of the shepherd. He's acknowledging that, hey, I am owned by him that he has ultimate authority in my life. And so I think that, go ahead, uh, Daniel, there are three reasons why I belong to him, why I belong to the shepherd, and why I should allow him to have outright ownership in my life. The first one is this, go ahead, Daniel, is I belong to him simply because he consciously chose To create me as the object of his own affection. You realize that? God brought you into being. You would not be here today if it wasn't for your shepherd. He brought us into being. You know, the world attempts to deny this, don't they? Right? That such a relationship could could exist between a mankind and his maker. It's what's taught all the time in school. It's what we see all the time in the media, right? They want to deny that this relationship is possible, that the one who brought you into being wants to have a relationship with you. Or they even that the fact that you would acknowledge that someone created you. That someone made you. But that's so important, right? And that's the reason why God has the right to you. It's the reason why he has ownership Of your life. Why you belong to him is because he brought you into this world. He consciously chose to create you and I. But not only that, Dan, you can go to the next one. I belong to him simply because he deliberately decided to die for me as the object of his affection. He has bought me again with his own life and blood. Right? Therefore, As Jesus Christ confirmed, right, he's entitled to say, I am the good shepherd. I'm the one who lays down his life for the sheep, right? We all went astray like sheep. We all turned to our own way, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. We have been bought with a price that we are really not our own. And he is well within his rights to lay claim upon our lives. He's well within his rights to lay claim upon your life. Not only because he created you, but because he bought you back. (laughs) Because of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. He has the right to lay claim on you. You know, the guy, Philip Keller, as I was telling you about, he shares an interesting story here, too. Um, In his book, he says here, he says, I recall quite clearly how in my first venture with sheep, The question of paying a price for my use was so terribly important. They belonged to me only by virtue of the fact that I paid hard cash for them. It was money earned by the blood and sweat and tears drawn from my own body during the desperate grinding years of the Depression. And when I bought that first small flock, I was buying them literally with my own body, which had been laid down with this day in mind. And because of this, I felt in a special way that they were in very truth a part of me and I a part of them. There was an intimate identity involved which though not apparent on the surface to the casual observer, nonetheless made those 30 sheep exceedingly precious to me. It's important to understand that not only does he have the right to lay claim on you because of what he did at the cross, but it goes to show how precious you are to him, how important you are to him. It says Philip Keller, he bought these 30 sheep, and he realized then, he goes, you know what? They became special to me now. I paid for them with my own money. The Lord Jesus Christ, he paid an ultimate price so that he could lay claim on you because he wanted you to be part of his fold. The last reason, I belong to him simply because he invariably intends to intercede for me as the object of his affection. And this is what I love about this psalm. I just The Lord has really blessed me with this. Is Jesus literally lays himself out for me continually. Right? He is always guiding me by his gracious spirit. He is always working on my behalf to ensure that I will benefit from his care. The entire poem here, goes on to recount the manner in which the good shepherd spares no pains for the welfare of his sheep. That's what we're going to be enjoying over the next several weeks. We're going to look at how the shepherd spares no pains in looking out for the welfare of you and I. Just take this all and meditate on it this week, through these next several weeks, and think about what Christ continues to do for you. He's already done enough, hasn't he? <laughs> he has but he chooses, in addition to what he's already done, to lay himself out for us every day, every moment. And David brings that out so beautifully in this psalm of how our shepherd does that for us. Philip Keller says this, he says, but the day I bought them, talking about his sheep, he says, I also realized that this was but the first stage in a long-lasting endeavor in which from then on, I would, as their owner, have to continually lay down my life for them if they are to flourish and prosper. He realized that. He couldn't just buy the sheep and just be like, okay, guys, we just talked about what sheep are like. He realized, wait a minute, I just spent all my money, I bought these sheep, and now for the rest of my life, I've got to lay my life down for these things, or they won't survive. That's how it is with us and our shepherd. That's why he has the right to lay claim of us in our lives is because he consciously chose to create us. He deliberately decided to die for us and he invariably intends to intercede for us all the time. Go ahead, Daniel. And so, in summary here, it is no accident that God has chosen to call us sheep (laughs) and himself shepherd. Right? Go ahead, Daniel. The, The behavior of sheep and human beings is similar in many ways as will be seen in the weeks to follow. Our mob instincts, our fears and timidity, our stubbornness and stupidity, our perverse habits are all parallels of profound importance. Yet despite all these adverse characteristics, Christ chooses us. (laughs) Christ buys us. Christ calls us by name. Christ makes us his own, and he delights in caring for us. Isn't that amazing? Even though we're sheep. That's what, we're characterized as sheep. We have such a good shepherd. We have such a great shepherd. We have such a, 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 a wonderful shepherd. Uh, one more thing I'll, I'll read for you here. So, so significant, I think, when we consider sheep as we think of this idea that he lays claim on us, right? He has the right to own us based on what we looked, about, looked at. Um, he says this. The day I bought my first 30 sheep, my neighbor and I sat on the dusty corral, corral rails that enclosed the sheep pens and admired the choice, strong, well-bred ewes that I had become mine. Turning to me, he handed me a large, sharp, killing knife and remarked tersely, Well, Philip, they're yours. Now you have to put your mark on them. I knew exactly what he meant. Each shepherd has its own distinctive earmark, which he cuts into one of the ears of his sheep. In this way, even at a distance, it is easy to determine to whom the sheep belong. It was not the most pleasant procedure to catch each ewe in turn and lay her ear on a wooden block and then notch it deeply with the razor-sharp edge of the knife. There was pain for both of us. But from our mutual suffering, an indelible lifelong mark of ownership was made that could never be erased. And from then on, every sheep that came into my possession would bear my mark. Listen, for the, the man or woman who recognizes the claim of Christ and gives allegiance to his absolute ownership, there comes the question of bearing his mark. We see the, the illustration of it in the Old Testament, right? When a slave or a bondservant, right? He had served his seven years and he was free to go. If he decided, hey, I still want to belong to my master, what would he do? He would stand there in the doorway and they would drive an awl through his ear to mark to everyone that now he belonged to him and that they were together uh, forever. And so the mark of the cross is that which should identify us with him for all time. The question is, does it? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, thank you for laying claim of a hold on our lives. Thank you that you want to possess us thank you that uh despite our adverse characteristics the fact that we are dumb the fact that we are defenseless um, that you still choose us you still bought us you still have called us by name you still have made us your own and we're so thankful that as we're going to look at this psalm that you delight in caring for us that you lay yourself out for us each and every day for that, we say thanks. We as your sheep, we understand um, the mark of the cross and that should it should identify us with you for all time. So I ask that you would just ask each one of us here this morning that question, does it? Does it? Again, thank you for being just a wonderful shepherd. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.